And now, the Gut Check Podcast, featuring Zachary Bartles and Ted Cluck, cheerfully ranting about things that don't matter all that much. Now there was a time when you loved me so. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Zachary Bartles. Zach, how are you today, man? Saul Rosenberg. Saul Rosenberg. Get me Brett Weir, I said. <laughs> I had no idea why that was in my head. I was just thinking about Saul Rosenberg. You know what we should do on one of these uh, episodes one time is just play a Jerky Boys tape the whole time. <laughs> I like Could we still call tape. it our podcast if we did that? <laughs> you know, I, I doubt the Jerky Boys still have like the will to sue anybody, so we'd probably be okay. <laughs> sue everybody. <laughs> Punitive damages here. Punitive damages. <laughs> Dude, those guys were the best, man. Yeah, you absolutely. Know you know what we should really do is we should do yeah. like a Jerky Boys style uh, crank call of Stephen L. Trogi. Oh, that would be money. That would be so money. You know, speaking of the Jerky Boys and Stephen Altrogi, uh, you know what the Jerky Boys were, Zach, to me? You know what they really were? They were storytellers. Ah, the storytellers. They were. You- they, they told, like, little vignettes about, uh, you know, Tarbosh, the Egyptian magician, and all these different characters. Do you know where I'm going with this, man? I'm going Where I'm going is this, dude. This... this- uh, proclivity, I guess, of of everybody in the culture, everybody of a certain age, to sort of refer to themselves as storytellers. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's it's like a 99% requirement if you have a Squarespace uh, site that yeah. it has to just say like your name, period, storyteller. Period. Dude, yeah, like Ted Cluck, storyteller. Only it doesn't work for you because you actually do tell stories as a significant part of your living. It has to be someone who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has to be someone who just watches stories or listens to stories. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's the Squarespace website, it's the the sort of, you know, your name and then the word storyteller and then the picture of you like in the, you know, in the in the skinnies and the cardigan and, you know, sort of staring off into the distance wistfully and and what that really means is, you know, you're a marketing guy or you're a like a you know, a copywriter or whatever, but uh, but but yeah, everybody's using this word storyteller, man. It, it confuses me because I, I don't know who the actual storytellers are anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right, and here's the thing. I mean, the best storytellers are people who just, when you're hanging out with them, they tell funny stories. Right. Am I right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and so those people don't have storyteller websites. Dude, yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's sort of like... You know, the, the the person who keeps referring to themselves as a writer, like, hey, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, I'm a writer. And it's like, you know what, if you have to talk about it that much, you're probably not. Right, yeah. I didn't even know until we'd been friends for like three or four years that you were a writer. You never talk about it. No, dude, I try not to, man. I try to <laughs> I try to have more interesting things to talk about. And then, yeah, like four years down the road, we ran out of stuff to talk about. And I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a writer. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's a fun thing to do, though. When you're talking to somebody who self-identifies as a storyteller... Yeah. Just stop it right there and be like, okay, tell me a story. Yeah, tell me a story. We'll see if you're a storyteller. <laughs> wow me. You know? Yeah, try me. <laughs> Dude, that would be great. That's what I'm going to do next time, man. I, feel I like- wish we could do that on the air. I wish we could like randomly call one of these guys who like self-identifies as a storyteller and and just be like, hey, we're live, we're on the air, and by live we mean pre-recorded. But uh, but I want you to just hit me with one. You know, just tell me a story. <laughs> I feel like a lot of young pastors have storyteller like. Amongst yeah. the list of things that that they do, like on LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah, like pastors, salesmen, insurance guys. Everybody's a storyteller now. <laughs> <Right>. You know, 
<laughs> I'm a storyteller, meaning I'm going to sell you a used car, but <laughs> in a narrative in, way. Yeah, that's part of the, it's part of the meta narrative of your life is the fact that you're going to you're you're buying this used car from me. Yeah. <laughs> we're all telling the story together by signing the paperwork, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all we're all part of this vast unfolding narrative that is you buying a crappy car from me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let me tell you a story. Yeah, it's about me. iTunes and how much iTunes is kind of like uh, irking me lately. All right, dude, hit me. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I had somebody go on my website. I dude, have did a, you just snort a line of coke? You sounded like Ellis right there. <laughs> just some. Hey, booby. Can, could you be reasonable and leave this to the professionals? John, to the storytellers? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I was on my Facebook page. Okay. Which I have for for my storytelling. Yeah, right. uh, and by storytelling I mean the actual books that I write. That yeah, that, the actual you know, stories buy. that you write for money that people pay you to <laughs> right. write. Which I think kind of makes me automatically disqualified from using like the storyteller moniker yeah. for myself. Yeah. Uh, but but somebody comes on my thing and says, by the way, I've been listening to your sermons, and all of a sudden, it, iTunes tells me I can only get the podcast of your sermons if I'm in Kenya. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Maybe and, you're big in Kenya, man. <laughs> I don't you know. know. I went, you know, you I, get that Kenyan following. Every, every everything else comes later. Yeah, you know, I, I I know one Kenyan. Actually, I know three Kenyans. I know a whole family of Kenyans. So maybe that's why. But I think maybe good just, on you. You should get photographed with them. <laughs> make that my background. Yeah, make absolutely. that part of your story, part of the unfolding narrative of your life. I'd have to ask them to dress a little more tribally than they normally do because they go to Western <laughs> universities and things. But yeah, yeah. I can still leverage that in, Absolutely, in the kind of can. storytelling that is my you know, online persona. Absolutely. Maybe that's what people mean, Ted. Like I I'm a storyteller in that I present a fiction that is supposed to be my life. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe, but you know what happened that makes me sad? You were in the middle of telling a story and we got like derailed by oh. two or three clever comments that we wanted to make with our words. So our storytelling got messed up by storytelling. Exactly. And discussions of storytellers. So uh, I think what happened is that basically Kenya has no standards in their iTunes department, and that's the only one left because I I got to the bottom of it. I had messed up my feed. like I I had typed the wrong thing at some point like six months ago, and iTunes just kicked me out. They're like, okay, you no longer exist, and they never even told me. Well, that's not that's not very nice of them. <laughs> I got that back up, but then the other thing I discovered I was I was listening to a, a little happy rant. I'm I'm way behind on my happy rant, but I I had one going the other day, and they okay. were talking or you were talking um, okay. about re- some reviews, and I thought, hey, I wonder if we have any more reviews. And I went on, yeah. and it said this podcast does not have enough reviews to create a, a average star rating or something, and it had no reviews listed. We had like what? forty, and now they're all gone. Oh, that's not cool at all, man. That's <laughs> so horrible. I, I've got a ticket in, but I, I don't know. It took them about a month to fix my Kenyan podcast issue, so I don't know. Dude, they need to get on this, man, ASAP. I mean, if there are any 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 iTunes reps listening to the program today, man, we we implore you because we have a we have a national we have an international following now to keep happy, and uh, and we want them to be able to hear uh, the Gut Check podcast, baby. I'm gonna hit you with a quick story now, okay? Alrighty. Since we're since we're storytellers telling stories, we're so, trading uh, stories. Yeah. So last night, I um, had the opportunity to take my son Tristan out for dinner because uh, KK and Maxim were doing something else, and uh, and I asked him where he wanted to go, and he wanted to eat at the uh, the cafeteria at the university where I teach. Nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. He likes he likes the choices. You know, he likes to you know eat like a roast and some pizza, and then a you know <laughs> wash it down with a bowl of 
you know, cornflakes or whatever. So, um, so we, we had eaten and we had, uh, we had had a great conversation, had a lot of fun and we went our separate ways to each get something from, uh, you know, from the, the cafeteria and bring it back to the table. And when I walked back towards our table, this is a not very crowded, you know, dining, dining hall setting. There were two college girls that had come and sat down with my son and were chatting him up. He's, he's 13, baby. Yeah. But he looks like he's 26. Dude, right. So I'm walking back there and I'm, I'm looking at these girls and from a distance, I'm going, oh, they must be my students. I get up to them, dude, they're perfect strangers. Like, <laughs> I have no idea who they are and they're chatting this guy up. And uh, I'm like, hey, I just want to introduce you guys to my son who's 13. You and know? Tristan's and, and like, dad, get out of here. <laughs> the sad thing was he wasn't all that into them. He, <laughs> they were a little too awkward even for my 13-year-old son. So we uh, we, we devised non-verbally a, a method of getting out of there. We we said that we were in a hurry and we had to go back and meet mom. So we left. <laughs> but uh, sad. Oh man, sad. you know that guy's gonna have to start walking around with like a, a billy club to beat the ladies away, so he can have any alone time. Oh man, I know it. It's nuts, man. They grow up so fast. Truly. I had uh, breakfast with my son this morning. There's nothing better than that, is there? Just kind of like oh, sitting dude, it's there great, chatting. Man. It's so much fun. Where'd you guys go? Panera Bread. I'm trying to get more whole grains in my diet, man. I'm trying to eat better. Okay. How's that going, baby? Are you losing some pounds? Dude, I'm down 17. 17 freaking pounds? Yeah. Holy heck, man. Now, what are you doing? Not to turn the show into like a mom blog, but... uh... (laughs) But, but what are you doing, real quick? Here, here's it, it's kind of complicated. You, it, there's a lot of science involved. There's a lot of technical okay. terms. Is it okay yep. if I just kind of launch into it? Mm-hmm. I'm eating less. Okay, so, that's it. Okay, so so <laughs> let me let me see if I understand this. So the nature of of your diet involves just eating less food. That's that's the one. Like not having as much food. Although okay. Chad, I've got to tell you something that I didn't tell you last time because I'm afraid. Um, I'm afraid to tell you because I think you might kind of silently judge me. Okay. I have purchased the the uh, kit for the uh, P90X3. Oh. I dude. have not yet begun it. I've heard that it is hellish, and I'm I'm kind of keep putting it off. But I'm I'm really I'm I'm intent on within the next couple weeks starting that. Baby, you're going to be shredded the next time I see you, man. You're going to be carved out of wood. <laughs> well, there's no longer a boxing ring for us to get into, so I don't know how I'm going to show myself but yeah the, i've been i've been trying to uh, get a little more healthy because you know it occurs to me that i am of a certain age where uh the next stage of life is full-on undisputed middle age where yeah. the the you know what's left of the metabolism kind of begins to ramp down and and getting healthier and losing weight becomes very difficult it's still fairly easy now so yeah yeah we'll see how it true. goes now, baby, are you trying to get shredded for this uh, this big uh, gala that you have coming up? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to have time before that to get shredded. But now, now I, I think that it's interesting to me that you said gala. Yeah. Uh, I, I pronounced this word uh, as gala, uh, gala not long ago. Like, like golem. Like golem? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I, I don't know why. I, I think here, Here's the thing. At, ever since I learned Hebrew, all of my A-class vowels in my English words have been yeah. screwed up. Everyone makes fun of me for saying bagel. Instead yeah, of yeah, bagel. You know what? You're the only person I know who says bagel. There was a whole segment on uh, Community, which is that, that college show with Chevy yeah, Chase, yeah. Uh, yeah. about a girl saying bagel. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think that bagel sounds very oddly like nasal and like overly uh, northern Michigan oh, it does, or something. Yeah, yeah um, bagel sounds very nasally. 
But but bagel also sounds weird, just in the sense that there's no one who says it that way. <laughs> it sounds weird in that it's the wrong way to say the word. In that it's the, it's absolutely the wrong way to say that word. <laughs> and I'm sure gala also is. But here's the thing: I was I was talking to uh, Tracy, another author that we know, and, and I said something about a gala, and she said, "You mean gala?" And I said, "No, I've heard gala, but I've never heard gala. Have you heard that, dude? Did she did she say anything about you know related but unrelated uh, about some books of ours that are in her house?" <laughs> That they have? <laughs> she did, did she, not. Did she no. ever mention anything about that? that? That didn't come up, man. Okay. No, I'm just checking. She did She did mention this, the pronunciation of... <laughs> <laughs> Don't stay with it, man. Gala. Okay. I'm wondering I'm wondering if you've heard it if you've heard it both gala and gala, but well, not you know gala. What? Down here, I, I did a little show prep, Zach, this afternoon. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh, and by that, I mean I asked uh, our secretary in the department how she... How she would say gala versus gala. They say gala in the South. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, the gala, the gala is in the South. It's in Dallas, Texas. When is the, when is the big soiree, baby? The big it gala? is September, I want to say 17. It's at the end of the American Christian Fiction Writers mm. uh, Conference. Uh, Dude, they have a big yeah. gala, gala, gala. And yeah. uh, there they give out the Carol Awards in several categories. And uh, my book, Playing Saint, is up for the debut novel category. Dude, wow! So it's and against a couple of uh, period uh, pieces, not surprisingly. Yeah, uh, right. Now, what are you gonna what are you gonna wear to the gala? I mean, you want to look appropriately, like you know, sort of uh, upscale, creative. Um, I mean, is this a, is this a suit and tie kind of gala, or is this more like you know you you want to look like the arty hipster type, man? What are well, we what are we looking at there? You know, my standard like. You know, my 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 standard look is basically just suit and tie. So yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know. I'm, I I don't think you rented tux for the for the gala. Oh gosh, um, I hope not. <laughs> but I I had intended to wear. I got a black three piece suit with with a red necktie that I wore to my uh, book event for playing Saint because it matches the book cover. Yeah. Uh, and and I've been practicing my kind of like uh, half smile, shrug, clap kind of thing that you do when you're when you oh, don't win. Yeah. Oh wait, the half smile shrug clap for when you don't win? Yeah. Oh, I thought you like meant the, like the oh, humble yeah. sort of uh like the aw shucks, you know, me really, you know. No, dude, if I that. win, I'm gonna go I'm gonna jump up and I'm gonna like high five people I don't know. It's yeah. gonna be very memorable. Dude, you should do that. You should absolutely do that. I'm gonna crack open a freaking jolt cola at, during my acceptance speech and, and like pause midway through to guzzle it. The dude, whole you, thing. you know what? If you don't win, I would implore you to just storm out of there angrily. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't happen enough. You like know what I mean? Slap my napkin down on the floor, like yeah, dramatically. Bring your napkin down, like <laughs> shove your chair away from the table loudly, and just storm out of there. Harumph, harumph, yeah, harumphing all the way. Saying the word harumph by way yeah. of harumphing. You know I feel like that's the that's the honest, authentic response, and I feel like in the in the church, like we're striving for authenticity and realness, and I feel like you should just. Go the extra mile and do that, man. The authentic thing to do would would be to be like that book. Really, that book sucks. Really, another <laughs> bonnet fiction romance. <laughs> I actually That's don't good. know anything about the other books involved, but I I imagine that I like mine better. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. I would think so. Well, now, baby, you'll have to. I, I feel like a, a part of you know the the next episode or two should be a little uh, a little debrief on the gala. I mean, I know it's not going to be right away, but uh, you know, in, in a few weeks after you get back, I want to hear your. Your reactions to Dallas, whether your uh, outfit was appropriate, you know, um, right, right, all the above. And I would like, uh, I'd like some, you know, from from our Twitter following, which is, you know, not a hundred, but but some. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps I some like to call it some. You some. know, I like to keep it just. 
very general. We that host way. a podcast that is followed by wait for it. Some people. Some people. <laughs> you know what, Zach? Certain people follow our podcast. Certain people don't follow our podcast. You know? I, I follow certain people's podcasts. Certain people follow mine. I, I don't need to follow everyone's podcast. But but uh, I'd, I'd take some uh, suggestions on tips for, for anything uh, involving the, the gala uh, from, you know, what I ought to wear to, you know, proper harumphing technique or whatever. I feel like here's a here's a challenge. And again, this harkens back to a... A story that we've alluded to uh, several times on this program, but we've never fully told because we are we are classy gentlemen and we don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But um, I, I would like for you as a challenge to to see if you can come back with seven free books. <laughs> I bet I can at ACFW. I'm not saying steal the books. I'm just saying I'm just going to leave it open-ended. You know, I want you to come back with seven books that you didn't pay for because I, I know a guy for whom that's that kind of thing is really easy. I'm going you know to do I mean? it, man. I'm going to come back with seven books, and I'm going to give them to you. That way I'll feel like we're even. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I want you to keep three or four of them, and I'll, I'll take, like, three of them. And I'll then keep three them and a half of them, yeah. Three and a half. We'll, we'll cut the other one in half in true, like, biblical fashion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Ted. Yeah. Um, speaking of storytelling. Okay. And, and we've just talked about a book that I wrote that may or may not be uh, clapped for at a gala. Um, yeah. You have a new book out. I do. And I'd like to hear a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, what, what are you doing to promote a book like this? Dude, you know what? I'm not doing a whole lot, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, between uh, between uh, starting this new faculty position at the university and, and just kind of letting the, uh, you know, the publisher do their thing, which hopefully they're doing something. Uh, I know it's been reviewed in a few places and it's gotten some favorable reviews, which is nice. But uh but yeah, I'm not really doing a whole lot, man. I need to I need to get on that. I need to get some people uh, blogging about it and talking about it. But the book is called uh, Three Week Pros. Uh, it's about the 1987 NFL players' strike. It's a bunch of interesting uh, kind of interviews and scene pieces uh, surrounding guys that were involved in both sides of that strike. So guys who were, you know, kind of striking NFL stars and and the replacement players who uh, wore their uniforms and replaced them on the field for three weeks. It's really kind of a, kind of a weird surreal time in NFL history. So, uh, it's a fun book, man. It's a really fun book. I think you've already gotten a, uh, uh, endorsement from Chuck Weebus. Am I really? Right? Oh, dude. Well, I mean, you know, once you've had the Weebus endorsement, I mean, it's kind of Weebus and J.I. Packer. They're, they're two guys who are known for endorsing a lot of books and, and really launching careers. I mean, that's really what you, uh, what you look for in this business. Speaking of brand new books, man, you've got uh, you've got one out called The Last Con, which I, I have to say, um, in true publisher fashion, this is this is a little funny uh, peek behind the curtain at the business. So every time you write a book, you uh, create what's called an influencer list, um, a bunch of people who will get a free copy of your book and then hopefully tweet about it, blog about it, whatever. And uh, and I happen to know I was on the influencer list for The Last Con, which came out when Zach? Uh, July seven. Came out July seven. Uh, I got my free copy of The Last Con probably a week or two ago. So ah. uh, they they say that the first month is the most important. So <laughs> uh, I got I got mine a month and a half late. I don't know what that says about uh, about me, but um, <laughs> it, actually, Ted, I I think there was just a little hiccup involving uh, reshuffling within the the publishing world, which often happens, and and kind of just uh, things get shuffled around and no big, no big deal. Uh, have you got it in your hands yet or is it still waiting for you in Grand Ledge? Uh, it's actually still waiting for me in Grand Ledge. So, uh, uh, so I, that's I disappointing to me hands. because I know if you would have gotten it, you know, a week ago, you would have read it by now. I would have, I would have read it. I would have already <laughs> blogged a, a glowing review of it. And, uh, 
and driven a lot of sales to you, I'm sure, as a as a result of my blog. But uh, yeah, man. So talk about talk about this. This people, I think, will find this interesting. Um, the difference between how you felt when your first book came out and how you feel now uh, when it's your second book. Is there a sense of uh, you know it's not as exciting as it was the first time around? Yes. Mm. Indeed. And it and and I don't want to say that I had huge high expectations that like my life was going to change when the first book came out. Yeah. But like I took that week off work and like had someone else preach for me and all this uh-huh. stuff and I did not do that this time. I I uh just started setting aside a little time for for promotion and and publicity and and trying to uh you know do do my part here, but uh I definitely did not see it as as kind of a a turning point so much as uh, there is, I think the sense, first of all, the first book took me two or three years to finish writing completely, yeah. uh, because after writing it, it was another year, uh, it was another, ha- it was another six months before they even wanted the manuscript, even though it was done. Then it was another year after they got the manuscript, cause that's just the speed at which publishing works. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it, it was, it was just done and I was ready to get it out there. This time it seemed more like a job, which is what it is because right. I had the book under contract, but it wasn't written. So yeah. I wrote and wrote and wrote and edited and edited and revised and, and got it to them. And then we did the whole edit. And and I don't know. There was less a sense of here's my baby, give it to the world, and more a sense of this is a job that I'm doing that I enjoy very much. But yeah. I think it was – so, yeah, there was a little less luster. And I think I, I've never met an author who says that their, their second book was the same or as – exhilarating. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, you 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 probably didn't take a week off because you realized that, you know, the last time absolutely nothing happened. Right. Well, so. you know what I did last time? I went around to different bookstores to see who had it on the shelf, Yeah. which is a depressing thing to do. Yeah. Um, even though all of the bookstores I went to eventually did have it on the shelf, I, yeah. I thought that, you know, there was like a receiving clerk in the back, like looking at their watch, just like waiting, waiting, waiting. Okay, it's <laughs> 7 a.m. I can put the, the yeah, the, yeah. This hey, it's 7 a.m. on release day. I'm going to put out the last con, you know, <laughs> and there's people like camping out on the sidewalk for it. I've got uh, a couple of uh, little nods to gut check stuff in the last con. So gut check listeners and, and, and fans should definitely get a hold of that sucker. Dude, um, I love it. By the way, there was a, uh, a Gut Check Army member who, uh, when I, I was selling books on my website, um, signed books, he he uh, bought one, and I had a little section where you could put what you wanted me to write if you had something uh-huh. uh, particular, and uh, he, he wanted me to put, uh, his name was Kevin, uh, Kevin Rutledge, Rutledge? Yep. perhaps, he wanted me to put uh, two, I don't remember exact wordage, but it was like to my... Uh, friend Kevin, uh, sous chef in the gut check army. Nice. <laughs> the sous chef, man. Dude, I, I like I how it. everything is so obscure. Like you're the secretary of the interior, yeah. even though we don't have, you know, the vast majority of, of higher level kind of governmental positions in the gut check army. Maybe that's the magic of gut check. You know, people can be who they want to be here. In right. This yeah. Community. You know what yeah, I mean? There's no limits. We're an affirming community. We We just take you however you are, you know? Hey Ted, do you reread your old books or your uh, new books? It, it's it's funny, man. I don't generally, but uh, I actually I I do. This is a funny thing. Like when if somebody calls or emails and says that they liked a particular chapter or a particular book, and and they say that they're reading it, sometimes I'll pick it up and I'll and I'll read that just to sort of experience what they're experiencing and make sure it's good. Okay. Um, yeah, but but in general, no, I I won't sit down and like probably read through a whole a whole thing um 
I was going yeah. through the last con because I'm doing a, a, what I think is a really fun blog post, which is I'm making the soundtrack for the movie in my mind of the book. Oh, yeah, that's a great uh, a great blog idea. And uh, as I'm reading through it, I actually laughed out loud really, really hard at a joke. And I was like, huh, is this completely like kind of self... I mean, how horrible is that to laugh at your own joke? Yeah. And even to like like verbally like like I had forgotten that it was in there and that uh-huh. they had let it get through because it was such a it was it's a joke of a guy is is going on a, he's on a mission trip and there's and, and there's a dude who's wearing like khakis like pleated khakis and a golf shirt and a tool belt uh-huh. and like a new tool belt tool belt that he's clearly never had before and, yeah, and the yeah. guy's just kind of like a tool himself. Yeah. And the the protagonist says something about uh, oh your group is is time traveling. And uh, and the, the, the guy says, what do you mean, time traveling? He says, well, I can tell by your getup that you guys are going back to 1991 to, to shoot the JCPenney spring catalog. Oh, nice. And I remember writing <laughs> that and thinking, oh, they're going to nix this. It's so kind of gut-checky. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and they left it in. And you know what? They also left in, Ted, the P mm-hmm. word. Wait, which P word? The only P word I can't. Oh, oh, I can't. there's another. There's a really bad one. No, they left in uh, the, the the word pissed. Um, oh, really? And, wow. And yeah, I, I remember writing that, thinking, oh, they'll want me to change it, but I'm just not sure what's the best. You know, you kind of put it as a placeholder, and yeah. they left it in. And a, a few reviews have said something like, oh, there's a little salty language, but uh, um, honestly, they they left in a few things that I was surprised by this time around. I think that. Uh, the the people in charge of uh, HarperCollins Christian Fiction are not really uh, afraid and held back by some of the old Christian fiction uh, sensibilities. They're they're uh-huh. willing to push the envelope a little bit. Dude, that's good, man. I think that's good. They're no gut check, but uh, you know they're, get, <laughs> they're getting there. Hey, speaking of gut check, man, and speaking of being yeah. storytellers, yeah. you and I are are beginning work or are about to begin work on another project. Uh, uh, that that we feel is needed in the marketplace in order to make us more money. Yes, exactly. And by need, we mean like the gut the gut check account is getting low, and we need more money. So right. that's the need that we're going to be filling via this book. But I actually think there there will be some fun uh, new content uh, in in the Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion too, Zach. Heck yeah! And, and it's one of these things where all proceeds go to a cause, and in this case, yeah. the cause is getting you and me in the same city um, so that we can smoke cigars and probably eat steak and, you know, other things. Well, dude, I think that's super important. I mean, with all the with all the hurt and with all the craziness in the world and in the culture right now, I mean, really what I mean, what we need is to be able to get together and do exactly that. So that's what the world uh, needs too. so this is a cause. I mean, people should get behind this. People need to tweet about it. People need to write this on their arms. Um this is this is a big deal, right? <laughs> this is a big deal. So, uh, and, and so yeah, I wish it, we could. Go what's ahead, that? We just got skyped here, where we talked at the same time. Uh, I was saying uh, we're, we're, we've titled it something incredibly creative. Yeah, which is the Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion, Volume Two. It's super creative and clever, you and, know. And we're focusing on pipes this time because of some of the anger and some mm-hmm. of the uh, kind of how you say two star reviews uh <laughs> complaining about the lack of pipe stuff in the first one i know it man i know it people are fickle they're persnickety but you know what we're gonna give them persnick man we're gonna give them what they want we're gonna give the people what we want and they're gonna what? give us what we want and that is twelve dollars per copy <laughs> that's right man <laughs> that's right 
so that's the plan. That's the cause. You know, that's the cause that we're about right now. So <laughs> we really are altruistic at the end. We of really the day. are, man. We're we're not in this for ourselves. This is not about us. And we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get together. I've already touched base with uh, the dude from the Country Squire uh, podcast okay. uh, about pipes. We're gonna we're gonna have the the real lowdown on on pipe smoking because Ted, you and I are are kind of um, I want to say amateur pipe smokers. Yeah, I mean, I I would say we're recreational pipe smokers. Now, that that sounds like we smoke pot with our pipes, but you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> now, so amateur pipe smokers, it is. <laughs> But we're gonna. It's it's not gonna be. And and Ted. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? What? The the uh, imitation uh, being the the purest form of flattery and another pipe book that we saw. Yeah, up yeah there. that's unbelievable, man. What do you know about that? <laughs> well, what do you I know, know about the, those guys. I don't. I don't know much of anything other than that. I was looking uh, at our standing one day. I do that about every other week, just where our our book is. And and after I see where my books are, sometimes it brings me up to see where gut check books are. Yeah. Uh, in the rankings and such. And, and it said customers who bought this also bought and and it was like it was like the exact same you know everything the cover the title uh, it was very very much uh, somebody was like oh I could write that book too and I will yeah. dude that's unbelievable man I can't believe this so uh, ha- have you looked at the book at all I mean I, I don't expect you to have bought it but do you uh, well you it's know, do- only an ebook and okay. it, it seems to be quite a different kind of book. Okay. Um, from ours in that it's, it's not, uh, you know, funny, funny. or interesting in any way. Yeah. <laughs> I, suppose. I mean, it's not trying for that uh, yeah. either. And you know what? Now that I look at this thing, it's not there anymore. So, Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't know, man, it, it, but it, it had even kind of like how, how the Christian gentleman smoking companion has the, the cigars, the vertical cigars going up and down and then yeah. laid on that is the picture of, of Spurgeon. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, underneath it is kind of the the old school font and all this stuff, uh, and and it had almost the same thing. Hold on, I'm gonna see if I can. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, Christian pipe smoking, uh, and and it's got uh, instead of the cigars, it's got like a wood grain. It's got the uh-huh. exact same sort of like uh, ribbon kind of over top of it. It's instead of having Spurgeon with a cigar, it's got like an old timey guy from the exact same era smoking a long pipe, okay. um, and it's by two people. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't, I, and I'm not suggesting that they that they intended to rip us off, but it's always it's it's funny uh, to see something very similar. Uh, and and based on the the publisher name, uh, mm-hmm. it seems to be put out by a, a website. Uh, it can't be people who are unaware of us because it's very much the same circles. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna check that out, man. I'm gonna check that out. We should, uh, you know, what we should we should send them a cease and desist from Gut Check Legal. <laughs> And by gut check legal, I mean just a little thing that we throw together on our on our computers. You know what? We'll have the happy rant legal guy just tweet them. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Whoever that is, it. it's not me. It's not me. Tell me about uh, tell me about your lashing uh, exploits. I feel oh, like this everybody is everybody a... wants a lashing update, man. <clears throat> yeah, and and the lashing update. I we're gonna frame this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're gonna frame it in the context of the greater discussion of hoarding versus purging, right? Mm, so it's. Yeah. It's not just a self-indulgent lashing conversation for the sake of lashing. So we're, we're, we want to redeem that, man. We want to redeem it and, and <laughs> cast it in a different light, as it were. Well, Ted, I, I don't, here's my question for you before I, before I tell you about this tension that I've been feeling yeah. as a reformed man. <laughs> yeah. um, Already you, not yet. Do you see? 
already, already lashed, but not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you see my lashing as a form of hoarding? Like, I yeah. need to have things in place. Like, I, I want to make sure I don't throw them away, so I tie them down to something with Velcro <laughs> and elastic. Oh, baby, that's a... This is a deep question. You know, this is, the, this is a deep question. I see your lashing, you know, far be it for me to judge your lashing, number one. I mean, I, I, I recall something about the, you know, the, the, the lash in your own eye versus the huge, you know, lashing material in remove your brother's eye. Remove the Velcro so. from your own eye before you remove the <laughs> the, the, the huge elastic thing from your, from your brother's eye. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I see it more of as an, just an expression of who you are, you know, um, you know, for, for me to say to you, stop lashing, it would be like you saying to me, you know, stop watching football. I mean, it's just, it's who we are. I would never say it, man. I would never I say it. And I know you would never want me to stop lashing. I, I wouldn't. I think there is a little hoarding to it, man, because I'm yeah. a bit of a hoarder. I want to tell you something, man. I have a box. I have two boxes now. Uh, yeah. Like, like you know, this case of paper type box. Sure. Um, full of every greeting card I have ever received. <laughs> now, that's a little strange, man. <laughs> That is a little strange, I have to say. I just I don't want to throw them away because someday I want to look through them. I don't know. Um, yeah. And and I hate. Are you using headphones or are you got a little volume going there? Uh no, I'm just doing the same thing I've been doing. Huh? Because I can hear an echo of my voice if you don't oh, strange. Talk. That's weird. Um, Should I turn the volume down? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It must be going back into the mic. You know what? I should probably be using headphones. Actually, yeah, as, as you say that. Yeah. Next. Next time. All right, dude, it's not super clear with the snowballs, and I'm plugged in direct to the modem, so it's not even wireless over here. Oh, it's baby, that's, un- that's unreal, man. All right, so I think that the the uh, the hoarding thing uh, and the lashing thing are, are kind of part of who I am. I don't okay. throw anything away. My, my motto is never, ever throw anything away. I never throw CDs away. I never get rid of anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, and my wife always wants to get rid of everything. That feels good for her to purge. Yeah, and, yeah. And so we have kind of the tension... But but dude, the other day I had um, I was looking at our church library, which was just full to overflowing. It's a wall of books, and then there were just boxes and boxes and chaos. Yeah. And my sister came over to uh, to Lansing, and we spent the whole day. And I threw a bunch of books away in the dumpster. I put a bunch of them down in the basement of the church so people can, can take them home for free. Uh-huh. And and it felt marvelous to purge like that. And I thought, I, am I changing now? You wow. know, in my late 30s, am I now kind of turning from a, a hoarder to a perjurer, or is this sort of like a exciting, dangerous thing that I'm doing? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's kind of an exciting, dangerous thing. <laughs> Throwing away books that nobody's, you know, picked up or looked at in 20 years. It, or, or 40 or 60. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the excitement in that. I feel like it would have been better if you'd come up with a huge, like, board of some kind <laughs> and a way to lash the books to the board, you know? I may yet do that. Well, some of the books aren't gone. We threw them in the dumpster, and then okay. we had torrential rain, which meant yeah. that the bottom maybe inch of the dumpster was was standing water. Nice. And then the Boy Scouts that meet at our church pulled a bunch of the books back out to donate to Goodwill. Okay. I don't. I don't know. You know what? That those Boy Scouts—they're always ready to help. I mean, yeah, the helpful is, I think, part of the the Boy Scout creed or motto. Or they must have slogan. gotten a notification that Goodwill was low on soaked, crappy books that nobody <laughs> would ever want to read, and as such, they they sprung into action. <laughs> well, there's a merit badge for dumpster diving or something. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure yeah. on that. Yeah, the the organization's changed a lot since we were kids. You know, we wouldn't even recognize it. 
So, Ted, at the risk of kind of like moving the curtain aside and letting people see that, that all these conversations aren't entirely spontaneous because we have a, a list of topics. Yeah, because uh, we do extensive show prep. Yeah, yeah, meaning one email. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, is, is it going to be odd for us to talk about this last thing because it's like a real, like an, an issue? Okay. Issues uh, in focus. Issue, <laughs> wait a minute. You're doing it now? No, I'm not doing it. I can't I'm leaving it. it in, buddy. Nope. Um, <laughs> we're doing you, it sometime. You know what? You can leave that in. You can leave that little teaser in. <laughs> Issues in focus. Uh, <laughs> you know, because it, it does pertain to the community. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and that is the, the kind of return of Mark Driscoll slowly oh, into uh, kind of the public sphere and the fact that people are losing their minds over it. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, bring me up to speed on this. So... This was alluded to on the Happy Rant, which is another program that I'm a part of. But uh, I don't really know that much about it beyond other than Drisky's like, he's back on Twitter. He's got a website. He's dressing way better than he did before. <laughs> um, you know, he's all like wearing, you know, six vests and a couple of sport <laughs> coats. And he's grown like the like the, the obligatory hipster beard. So it's like it's a new, it's a new Drisky, like a new old Drisky. <laughs> new one you know? improved. He's wearing six vests. Dude, have you seen this though? He's got he's got the kind of like washed out Instagrammy look, and he's wearing like I haven't, man. You know, yeah, look it up, man. He, he's all like Portlandia now. I'm gonna know? Google Driscoll six vests. He looks like Fred Armisen, <laughs> <laughs> only less ethnic, right? Oh <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What? So, so dude, tell me, what's the what's the response been to this, man? This new uh, little re- resurgence, if you will, by Drisk. Ooh, ooh, nice double entendre, man. Yeah, and, oh, that's, hey, a, that's a radio thing. It's a radio technique that I do with my words. By the way, I, I wait, while you were talking about this other this other podcast that you're a part of, yeah, something occurred to me involving you know the use of words and using our words, and that was, what do you <laughs> think it would be fair to say that you are a part of the Happy Rant podcast, but that the Gut Check podcast is a part of you? Ooh, <laughs> maybe you are getting so kind of deep and existential you're asking questions that that really hit hard and that speak to my soul but and i'm wearing six vests yeah exactly it's the new you you and you and drisky are on the same kind of self-improvement plan right now <laughs> well no you know what i would say that yeah i would, I would say that well yeah. good good that's good to hear and I'm, I'm i'm gonna put that on you know at the top of the i'm gonna put the cliff graham thing about uh hemingway okay uh and then uh, and then the t- the ted uh quote that i put in your in your uh mouth um which which by the way did Remember that interview we did with Cliff Graham like six months ago? It, it, he keeps saying it's it's coming, it's okay. going to air. So apparently he's got like a like six months worth of content backlogged because that's what you can do when you have an operations manager, right? And we, and when you're far more successful than we are. Oh, Cliff, Ooh. if you're listening, um, we know it's never coming, man. We know it's not happening. Uh, you can let us down easy. Maybe what they're doing is they're kind of just like uh, editing it down, and it's going to be like two and a half minutes. <laughs> Dude, I bet he didn't like how snarky we were about certain things on on that program or in that interview. I, I feel like the real snarky stuff was our our uh, interview of him, where you threw the the homeschool van and and all these <laughs> and all the the, the Duggar stuff. That's um, true. But, I, but baby, I, back to Drisky. What's uh, I don't what, like what, going right from 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 Cliff to Drisky, but yeah, we got to in the interest of time. Yeah, um, I feel like there should be a, a decompression stop in between. Yeah, uh, here's what I know. Okay, he has uh, bought back his mailing lists. Okay. He has purchased back the resurgence, like the website, and he's back in charge of the Facebook page. 
Okay. Um, which I loved the resurgence. It had awesome articles. He had like interviews with like Lecrae and all these people. Uh-huh. Um, and, and by the way, I was listening to some Lecrae the other day because I'm a middle-aged white man who listens to reformed rap to feel of course like you are. Um, meaning that you're the target audience for reformed rap, right? <laughs> 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 but there's there, one of my favorite Lecrae songs has this extended clip of a Mark Driscoll sermon, and nice. it is the money. And 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 full disclosure, I never threw this guy under the bus entirely. I mm. hated that that like everybody was like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna hop on board with Rachel Held Evans and not listen yeah. to both sides of this and just you know throw Savage this guy this over. Guy. And and we yeah. should have Turk on soon to to get his side of this because I think that that Turk like single-handedly threw him like dragged him back onto the bus and threw him back off. Uh and okay. I'm sure, you know, people have reasons and and I get that there was some bad stuff that happened at, at Mars Hill. But right. but so what he did is he repurchased that stuff. Uh and and I think the big issue is that on his website it's it's new but it's calling him Pastor Mark Driscoll and there are people asking is he a pastor if he doesn't have a local congregation at all. Okay. And people have asked us, you know, like Reverend Al Sharpton, like Reverend yeah. Howe. I mean, where's your church? Yeah, um, yeah. So what do you think about that, man? Dude, it's interesting, man. That's such an interesting question. And I, I you know, I'm inclined. I mean, just the, the observer in me thinks like, you know, you should have a you should have a congregation before you call yourself pastor. But I guess, you know, the other side of that argument would be vocationally, he is a pastor. He's been trained to do that. He's been doing it for many years. And I mean... Just because, like, Rachel Held Evans, like, shuts down your church, it doesn't make you not a pastor anymore, so... Um, yeah, I, like, if my church uh, burned down and we couldn't afford to rebuild and we had to... I mean, this is a horribly sad thing to think about, but yeah. if somehow, whatever reason, tomorrow I found myself without a church, I would think I was still a pastor. You would still be a pastor, yeah. yeah scripture yeah. talks about uh, some people being equipped and, and, and gifted as evangelists, right. some as pastors, some as... So it's not like a, 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 you have to have the job before you get the job title. It's, it's a calling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It is a calling, and I think that's the best way to... That's the best way to talk about it and the best way to describe it. And, you know, in that sense, Drisky is a pastor. And, and you know, all kidding aside, like like you, I mean, I was a, I was a fan. I, I listened to his sermons quite a bit and, and you know, really enjoyed and, and was edified by a lot of what Drisky had to say. So, um, you know, I wish the guy the best, man. I mean, it's, it's always weird when you bring marketing into it. And I think marketing is always a part of it when a guy is that big or that big of a star. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I really... I hope he does well, and um, you know, I hope I hope he does get a church again someday, and and you know, is able to you know to serve people in that way. Well, and he would be. I mean, I think having gone through that and kind of hitting the bottom and seeing how pride can uh, and control controllingness kind of can can get in the way of all that, he'd be in a good position to to avoid all that again if he's willing to. And I don't know if he has or what. I don't know his heart. I hate it when people say that, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, if he's not. willing to own up to the fact that that he did really you know, screw up a lot. And I, yeah. I mean that, but, but I'm not in any sense in, in authority over him. So I don't, I don't really have a dog in that fight, but like right. you, I wish him the best. One one thing that did kind of give me a pause is when I heard that he had, uh, he had called up Joel Osteen and apologized for, for kind of calling him out in a sermon. Okay. And I thought, wait, if you're going to apologize to somebody, probably Joel Osteen's the last guy you need to be apologizing to. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so that that freaked me out. I think what what makes me sad is that probably he's feels like he's been kind of burned by the reformed community, and yeah. his comeback will not be in that sphere. Yeah, that yeah. sucks because to me he was kind of our, um, he he was you know how like 
oh, this Turk's going to hate this. But he mm-hmm. was kind of like, to reform them, what kind of Turk is to the Gutchek Empire? Oh, Turk's going to hate this. Turk's going to... Turk's not going to be our friend anymore. But what no, I mean, baby, Turk, Turk don't turn off. Listen, man. I mean is that that Tur- Turk is kind of like our Doc Holiday. Like, I mean, we 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 like having him around because you never know what he's going to say because he's always he's just always ready and it's yeah. always going to be his aim is always right on. You know, he's just he's just awesome to have around and he's and he makes things more exciting. Yeah, and that's it, like, man. I I I think you just hit the nail on the head. He brought a little excitement to the table. I mean. You know, the, I, I think, you know, the rest of these famous re- reform guys, it was a lot of beige, man. I mean, you agreed with everything they said, but it was just kind of done in this sort of, you know, be- beige paint kind of way. And, uh, and Drisky was a, he was a little splash of, of color, man. He was a little splash of excitement. And, um, yeah, and it, it is a shame that, uh, you know, that he's, he's kind of been kicked out of that, uh, that space, as it were. You, you guys were talking about, uh, again, on your other podcast, um, I want to have a segment, by the way, with you called The Blazing Center with Ted Kluck. Yeah, there you on go. On this podcast. <laughs> but uh, he, he, you were talking the about... The Happy uh, Rant with Ted Kluck on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, uh, Jared Wilson, Jared C. Wilson, who, by the way, has a, a chapter in our smoking book, uh, uh-huh. was kind of like uh, edgy punk rock kind of uh, guy in the reform circles. And then Altrogi, uh, or, or, or Barnabas, I don't remember who, said, but I know the guy and he's not at all... Because yeah. you don't, you barely have to do anything in those circles to be kind of the wild card. Yeah, I mean, you get caught like smoking one cigar in a picture like one time your entire life, and you're Ooh. all of a sudden like the bad boy of reformed, <laughs> you know. Whereas, like Driscoll would like drop an f bomb and and then you know get up at the pulpit and, and you know punch a tiger in the face, and like yeah. I mean, there, there was at least something exciting going on. And yeah. and yeah, some of it was was over the line, and some of it was probably sensationalist. Um, mm. But but let's hope he could move beyond that and still be exciting and and uh, and make people think about stuff they're otherwise not going to think about. That, that's yeah, what I think he, he was good for. Oh, absolutely! I think there was value in that, and I think you know I I, I hope you know like I said I hope he's able to uh, to do it again. But it, it'll be interesting to see if he comes back with a book or he comes back with a you know, a church or, or what the, what the product is for lack of a better term, you know, (laughs) Ted, let me throw you a scenario by way of kind of wrapping up here. Yeah, sure. Let's say, uh, Driscoll comes out with a book. Uh, it's, it's a big bestseller. Everybody's buying it. It's, it's his triumphant return. Then you're reading it and you discover that chapter six, very liberally, uh, kind of plagiarizes one of your books. Okay. Do you keep mum about it, or do you kind of <laughs> blow the whistle? You know what? I would, uh, I would work out some sort of hush hush deal wherein, like Driscoll would just funnel money to me under the table to keep it hush hush. <laughs> and you'd have to have him on the podcast. I would. Yeah, I, I, he would have to do the podcast on a regular basis and like throw me a little a little cachiche under the table man to make it all go away <laughs> to make it all go away which kids that's really if you're listening and i know a lot of kids listen to the program that that really is the way to deal with things yeah you know? blackmailing people right right that's that is the that is really the the mature way that's and right it's the american way <laughs> that's right all oh, right man. baby i don't even know what i'd do if drisky plagiarized for me i'd probably be flattered you know what i, I mean? would be Honest to gosh, I'd just probably feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> if, you're, if you're worth plagiarizing uh, by by someone who's probably sold more books. I mean, granted, he, he indirectly bought a lot of them, he too. He bought but... all of them himself. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. Yeah, well, folks, we have uh, traveled uh, to and fro and near and far. You've never brought the wet nana back, man. After I know, all the I promises. I didn't have enough juice, man. I didn't have enough power within the, the other program that I'm a part of to bring the wet nana back. <laughs> you know what? It's ours now. We keep. Dude, it's, dude, we should use it. That should be our intro music from now on. <laughs> we have stolen. We have co-opted. the. We have plagiarized the want nana. <laughs> All right, man. Take us home. All right, folks. Uh, we do appreciate you listening each and every uh, week to the Gut Check Podcast. Uh, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And by you, I mean really just talking to each other. So <laughs> thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. I did the next time with you. I know, I love it. We harmonized. Are you like me now? Are you like me now? Are you like me now? Remember the time. We should do the wet. Gut 